Hello, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. For those of you that are new here, the Breaching Extinction podcast explores the plight of the endangered southern resident killer whales through interviews with the people trying to save them. There are currently less than 80 southern resident killer whales left, and they are currently threatened by lack of prey, vessel noise, and water toxins. All these factors impact one another and play a significant role in their population decline. They have historically spent much of their time in the Salish Sea. However, they've been seen less and less likely forced out of their home by lack of prey as well as busy and toxic waters. I'm your host, Erica Worth, and I decided to start this podcast in 2019 after spending a summer working in the Salish Sea and learning about these animals. Each week, I dive into a new conversation with guests from varying perspectives. I approach these topics through an interdisciplinary lens in hopes of uncovering the intricacies of this complex issue. Through this, I hope to share insight as well as fit the puzzle pieces together needed to save this species. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you have any questions or are interested in being featured on the podcast or sponsoring us, please reach out over Instagram at Breaching Extinction or send an email to info at breachingextinction.com. Thanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. Hope you guys all had a wonderful week. I'm here with Alex Harris, um, who is an impact producer, and he is TikTok famous and just an overall really awesome human being. How's it going, Alex? <laughs> it's, it's going good. Thanks for having me on. I'm stoked to be here. Yes, I'm stoked that you're here. Um, it's funny, I was like talking to my friend about like different podcast episodes because she recently just got very into this podcast and she said that she really likes the episodes that I do with my friends because she can like I don't know she could tell and she says it's more fun so hopefully this is a fun one for her and everyone else <laughs> yes we'll, we'll set the vibe we'll make sure the vibes yes. are immaculate for the entire episode absolutely yes so tell us about yourself Alex where are you from like where did you go to school what are you doing now like what who are you yeah, so I am a creator, a content creator, and an impact producer. Um, I didn't think at all that those would be the things that I wound up doing because those terms were like just barely coming into existence when I started this whole journey back in high school. I grew up outside of Chicago in um, a little suburb to the southwest um, and learned in high school about the climate crisis and about everything that uh, is going on with the environment um, and just the, the brutality of climate change in general and just how big the problem was. That was where I like first understood it. Um, and I knew in that moment that I wanted to do something about it, that I wanted to dedicate myself and my career to it um, because I didn't, I didn't want my life to just be about making a good life for me. I wanted to tangibly improve the world like and leave it better than I found it. Um, and any other issue that I could think of devoting myself to, I learned over the course of that year, like would just get worse if we didn't tackle the major issue of climate change. So that coupled with the fact that I'm super outdoorsy led me to want to get into this industry and this realm and this form of communication. And I was really interested in storytelling um, and documentary filmmaking slash like you know, National Geographic photography was kind of the only example I had on that front. Like that was the most obvious way to me as a teenager that I saw like, this is how you can tell stories and use art and media in a way that compels people to do something. So that's what I wanted to do. And then I went to college. I got a degree in environmental studies at DePaul University in Chicago. Um, intending to practice art outside of school. And that's exactly what happened. So while I was working toward understanding the science academically, I pursued photography and writing outside of school. Um, and that sounds you know, more uh, scholarly than it actually was. It was mostly my friends and I running around taking pictures and practicing how to like use a camera and sharing those stories on social media. Um, but built a small following there and eventually um, it transitioned over, you know, quite some time into getting outside more, like coming into different positions. Like I worked at a bear sanctuary for a while. I built backcountry trails in Utah for a while. I did a bunch of different um, things all over the country with the goal of improving my general understanding of conservation. 
um, so that I could communicate broadly and like have an under a, a well enough understanding of a bunch of different sectors and topics um, to not be totally blindsided by things and at least be able to you know participate in conversations um, and at least know enough about them to learn more and like like can like provide uh, momentum for for my understanding and relate to more people and so it's just been a, a constant process of learning from really really great teachers and different positions and life experiences that eventually led me to <laughs> uh living on the road and jumping onto tiktok and using that as a vessel for sharing um different stories related to climate change and compelling people to take action on different issues and it's it's worked out really well i'm super super thankful to be doing this yeah definitely when um we chatted in seattle you had mentioned to me that you feel like tiktok is like the only platform worth investing in and i would like to elaborate <laughs> a little bit more on that yeah well it depends on your goals right like i feel like platforms have merit for different reasons i mean instagram is kind of kind of sinking really hard right now but um you know there there are different reasons to use different platforms but i think that for action if you're trying to accomplish something with an audience tiktok is hands down the best platform yeah um, to the point where it doesn't even like i i don't think when when there is an impact campaign specifically mm -hmm. Um, TikTok, like you can see the back end on like how many people participate and what traffic sources they come from. And TikTok is always like far and beyond like view to participate, like participation ratio mm. is so much higher. That's called conversion rate. Um, the amount of viewers that do the thing you ask them to do is a conversion rate. If mm. all of them do it, it's hundred percent. If none of them do it, it's zero percent. And on Instagram, for example, um, the a 1% conversion rate is really celebrated. It's like, wow, like 1% of people did great. Like higher than that, it's like yeah. huge respect. Like if one out of a hundred people do a thing, it's like, that was a great marketing campaign. Nice work. Um, on TikTok, the, my, I can't speak for other people, but the conversion rate that I've seen um, in campaigns, no matter the scale, like no matter the viewership, whether they're a small one day, really calculated one or a multi-week international one mm -hmm. it hangs out on average around 6.3 percent so over one in 20 viewers are compelled enough to do the thing and see it through to completion um that's partly because i and friends that i've worked with put a lot of effort into optimizing that process but it doesn't change the fact that it's like it's just, it's just so much better and the uh, the culture is really encouraging of that too. Like on you do things on TikTok. That's part of being on TikTok is like accomplishing things with the community. Um, YouTube, it's it's there too. I'd say YouTube is like the runner up in my opinion. I don't actually know the data on those two things, but I don't really do YouTube that often. But YouTube yeah. is maybe the runner up on like we're doing something together as a community. But TikTok is like all about that. It's just normal sure. people encouraging normal people to do extraordinary things um and because of that culture and that togetherness and that equality um a lot of amazing stuff gets done yeah absolutely I like remember from talking to you before and just also hearing you talk now like it's like as somebody who cares about a lot of things and the planet and climate change it's definitely easy, I think, for most people to like feel stuck and feel like we can do nothing. And it's really inspiring to hear that you've been able to find an outlet and that like there's a strategy and there's like an outlook. And I know we talked about the dams and you were telling me about some other things that you've worked on. You were like, oh, the dams, that's like an, an easy thing that we can accomplish. And that's such a refreshing perspective versus like hearing like people be like, oh, God, like there's nothing we can do. Um, so how do you organize individuals to like have impact via TikTok? Yeah, it depends. It depends on the campaign. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had a, I had a professor in college, um, shout out to Christy Kleinis. Um, or like I, I did at the time I was looking for like black and white answers constantly, you know, like as a, a early student and, um, 
she was like, the answer is always, it depends. Like it will always be, it depends. And that is so true with these campaigns. Um, but I mean, basically the, the long and short of it is like looking for a cause that has um, viral potential and also has uh, the potential to like the legal precedent to actually succeed. So it's, it's usually several months of consulting with like researching issues that like I'm passionate about or people have mentioned to me or like I've just come across for some reason. For and then sure. like, this is a great cause. And it seems like it's something that a lot of people would be really interested in. And it seems like there's like, like this story is so resonant and I can tell that. Okay, great. Second question is, is there actually a legal path to success? And the answer to that is yes, like there always is. But the the question is whether or not that legal path to success needs a lot of people to be involved. So like if the way to get a thing across the finish line involves the general public and it's like educating the general public or just giving them a space to actually use their voice on the record, um if the issue is resonant and there is a legal path to success that is deemed by lawyers like i never i'm not <laughs> i am not a lawyer um, sure. so there's a lot of like asking around within like the relevant spaces to figure out like what the best course of action is um and then if everyone in the space is down to play ball and like actually coordinate and not compete with each other um and like come collectively to accomplish this this win for the public, um, then it's like, okay, great. Like now we can do it. And then if those three things are in order, the movements without fail get very large, like into the millions. Um, and with that great conversion rate, a lot of those millions of people participate in um, whatever uh, they would like to participate in. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that, has gotten some things across the finish line. Um, it's worked every time so far. I'm still waiting on the most recent one, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, good, good. So it sounds like you've had a lot of projects and a lot of things that go up. So tell us about some of the successful projects that you've had. Yeah, so most recently we worked to save the boundary waters uh, from mining pollution. Uh, there's been a, a phenomenal amount of like local support and passion and dedication for many, many years from nonprofits in the area, the Boundary Waters Small Business Coalition, just people that live there um, in like towns, um, local indigenous communities, uh, all trying to prevent this mine or series of mines from going in and polluting the entire watershed the whole the place holds a fifth of the nation's fresh water and if even one of the many mines went in the acid mine drainage which is like basically gunk that comes out of the mining process um would like based on environmental assessments would get into the waterway flow down into the entire ecosystem and pollute a, a large portion of it um and that would obviously be detrimental not just for the nature there, but the people there and the businesses there and their entire way of life. Um, not to mention we're kind of running low on water as a country and polluting our fresh water doesn't seem like the best idea. Probably not. Um, no. So there's like a million reasons why that one shouldn't have happened beyond the fact that the company that was pursuing those permits was doing it in a way that um, federal courts have now deemed illegal. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the most recent campaign that was done and uh over a, uh, about a quarter million people participated in the public comment for that over about three weeks which mm -hmm. is awesome um and uh we're waiting to hear how many or not how many we're waiting to hear whether or not the 20-year ban on mm -hmm. mining that was requested uh will be implemented and we'll find that out next month in june of 2022 yeah. so if that happens, that's a win. That's awesome. Um, let's see, what else have we done? We uh, pr The biggest thing was the Arctic Refuge campaign, which happened in at the end of 2019 into 2020. Um, the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge was slated for oil drilling. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's this 
this amazing wilderness area up in the northern coast of Alaska mm. that uh, not only is home to uh, indigenous people, the Gwich'in and, and Yupiat people live up there um, and many oppose it like fiercely um, and have never really been consulted on this in like a meaningful way. Um, and uh, on top of that, the you've you've probably seen species that were born there like it's a migratory it's it's the birthing grounds of like so many different species that migrate all over the world there have been um birds from every continent except antarctica go there to birth their young that's crazy yeah so like literally you probably have seen birds that were born there um and wherever the listener is unless they're in antarctica also has probably seen birds that were born there um the porcupine caribou herd is like has the largest land migration of any animal on earth and its birthing grounds are also there. So um, not to mention the fact that, you know, drilling oil obviously has rough consequences for the climate, especially up in the Arctic. So another massive issue. Oh, and all of the like banks in North America Mm-hmm. said they weren't going to fund it because they didn't want to get involved with Arctic drilling. Right. Um, and so all of the funding would come from outside investors also. So like the money wouldn't even really go to Americans. It was just not, it was a bad move, <laughs> but yeah. it was still being like forced through. Um, and so took to TikTok and uh, worked with Protect the Arctic and uh, which is a documentary filmmaking group and a, um, and the Arctic coalition, which is like the group of um nonprofit organizations and community members and brands and stuff like within that are passionate about that space Mm -hmm. um, to pull that off and uh, wound up being the largest public comment period for any issue in U.S. history. Um, In three weeks, 6.3 million people, um, well, over 6.3 million people participated um, asking the uh, administration to not allow the drilling to happen. Um, and on the president's first day in office, he signed an executive order that made that happen and put a moratorium on drilling and stopped it. And since then, the uh, permits have been denied. This letter behind me, I, I guess they can't see the video, but this, this little frame here is yeah. the official rejection, um, which is, you know, there's some bureaucratic letter that like no one's ever going to read, but it's really special to me. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's really, really cool. That's um, fucking nuts. Like, it's just nuts that you guys were able to, like, pull off something like that. Like, just through raising awareness, through a little Instagram dancing app, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it literally took <laughs> multiple nations. Like, it's crazy. Like, if you, look, if, you, if you think about the conversion rate thing, right? Like, there's no way to know how many people made content about it like there's no there's there's just so much like there's no way but like with the 6.3 million like that's basically it converts so easily to an estimate of like at least 100 million total views on arctic refuge content which is like larger than countries like it's it's it's, it's crazy to think about how many people participated in that and i think it just like it just goes to show how passionate and how coordinated um people are around climate like it's just incredible and it's not just youth like the the people that participated in the arctic refuge campaign and the boundary waters campaign all the other campaigns um are like a an incredibly diverse range of individuals from like all Mm -hmm. kinds of places and backgrounds and ages and it's like it's it's really it's very encouraging to see and i think that's why they work um that's amazing i mean climate change is one of the issues that is not exclusive to anyone like everyone is going to be affected at some point or another or know somebody that is affected or is currently being affected like it's it's like covid it's not going to discriminate it's like everyone is equally well not equally as susceptible but you know everybody's going to see some sort of impact at some point Mm -hmm. exactly so if we knowing that like you know that I know that listener knows that we don't have to we don't have to spend time educating people on why climate change is important Mm -hmm. um anymore I mean we yes keep doing that but I think that like 
at this point, like we've raised enough awareness. Um, and because most people are coming from that baseline of, at the very least, I can tell that things are changing mm-hmm. with the world, like the natural world. And I would, I would rather them not like I, I want to yeah. have a, a peaceful world to exist in. And since everyone is coming from that baseline, um, if we as communicators and activists and impact producers are able to create avenues by which they can channel that passion yeah. um, in, a, in an effective way, like in a, and, yeah. and take the time to make sure that that really is a tangibly effective way, then people will do it in droves. Yeah. Because um, we all want to. Yeah. It's not like persuading or convincing. It's just like, here's, here's an option. And, and everyone wants to. Absolutely. And I think that's such like a, like amazing transition considering like just the history of the world and like where we've come from. Like, I know you're also from the Midwest and like, I remember when I first started learning about like climate change, I was in high school. um, And I remember like, you know, doing this program with my zoo where I went and learned about the polar bears and like, they told me all about climate change and the impacts. And I remember like the, the professionals there were telling us like a bunch of 16 year olds that like we were going to feel the impacts of climate change but they probably would not that for another 100 years like it was probably going to be fine um and then we're starting to see like rapid changes and I remember like you know having conversations with like very conservative relatives or just people in my community because that's a lot of the midwest um and them just being like it's not an issue it's not important and like now you're seeing those people kind of double back and be like oh actually um I live in Florida and yeah, like it's not raining at four o'clock every day. And I'm like, yeah, there's something going on. So it yeah. definitely is nice to see. Cause like, I feel like it's frustrating to, to try to convince people of why something is important. And now it's like, it's, it feels better to be in the stage where like, okay, like, what are we going to do about it? Like, and th- there's so many people, I feel like that's the other thing too, is it's easy to get overwhelmed, but like hearing you talk about people from all these nations and all over the world, it's inspiring to hear that there are so many people that are down to do something, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's having, I, I was thankful um, to have the opportunity to go to COP26 last year in Glasgow, mm-hmm. which is the United Nations Conference on Climate Change. Um, Polar Bears International sent me in like a couple other people that would never have been able to afford to go, um, which was really, really kind of them. They like a couple of Arctic scientists and indigenous youth that live up in the Arctic Circle and um it was cool but it was incredible to me to be there as like you know just a guy <laughs> like never yeah. having been to that before and seeing like how many people from every country showed up just to just to plea and like talk about like try to do something Absolutely. um like even some people came not even having access to the main event like they they came just to be around it so that they could like interact with you know other people that would be there and maybe get a couple seconds with like someone that um had the power to make a decision and it's it was just so it was it it was overwhelming there was a lot of emotion for everybody there um but it you know really really highlighted to me i think just the the passion and like desperation that people have to do something good. Absolutely. Um, so the more opportunities that we can present them, like the more, the better, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I like, yeah, I really love to hear that. And I love, like, you know, I think that's the thing too, is like just getting people together, you know, it's, it's literally, it's like, I think that the, a lot of the, problems can be solved. It's just like proper organization to execute. Like, and I, I feel like that's a a big issue bringing it back to the Southern residents that we've like run into a lot is I feel like people are not so organized. And when I was first learning about the Southern residents, part of the reason why I wanted to do the podcast is because I felt like it was inconsistent information about like what's really going on. And it's like, you know, it was confusing for someone like me who has a background in environmental studies to try to like understand what was going on. I'm like, the average person isn't going to get this. So it's like, a, you know, I think this is just a prime example of how with like proper organization, proper facts, like we can get things done. Also, I feel like we need to shout out Polar Bears International because they're just amazing. That's what are, like, 
So that's the whole reason that I'm in the line of work that I'm in is because of Polar Bears International. Like when I was no six, yeah, literally. Was <laughs> oh like, my gosh. It was like my, my formative moment. I've told this story like so many times on the podcast. So my regular listeners are probably like rolling their eyes, like not this again, but anyways. So <laughs> I, um, when I was 16, so I started volunteering at my zoo at age 14. When I was 16, I got a scholarship to go study polar bears in Churchill with polar bears international yeah and I learned about the polar bears I met indigenous people I met scientists like you know and like we went out and we looked at polar bears and like took our little tundra buggy out and like this polar bear like walked up to us and she like stretched her paws up and looked at us and I was like three feet from a wild polar bear at age 16 and I was like yep like there's nothing else I can do with my life like this is it like this is what I have to do um so I feel like we have to shout them out. People go donate your money and like follow them and like just give them yeah. all your because <laughs> they're amazing. Like that's so awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I, I love the thing, like the thing that I appreciate about them a lot and that I appreciate about like, you know, that I I've I've been learning this as I've like gotten more into uh the climate space and the conservation space. Cause when I joined, like admittedly, like I I came from a, a nice area um like it wasn't like my childhood was extremely difficult or anything Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that um and like I was really passionate about protecting nature um Mm -hmm. I had as a kid hadn't really seen people go through a lot you know and like didn't really understand how it connected to like social issues Mm -hmm. um and I think it's easy a really big critique that a lot of people have of the environmental movement. I think like the easiest way to, you know, point out that problem is like a lot of uh, people have said that we've spent too much time talking about like polar bears, like up off somewhere and like not talking about how it'll like, how climate will affect us Mm -hmm. um, or like how it affects people and like making the poster child of the movement, like a polar bear who's like iceberg is missing, but to, you know, like a mom, um with like a single mom with like three kids that's like trying to make ends meet um like who cares about polar bears because gas prices just rose to like six dollars a gallon and i don't know how to afford that so sorry that they're you know you need time to do those things and polar bears international is great because yes they're passionate about protecting polar bears but they also understand that there's a human element um to that process and that like it is a mutual protection um and I think it's the same with southern residents like mm-hmm. the stories that you share on here like espe- I, the, the co-extinction film coming out soon that's like gonna like does a fantastic job of painting that story too like just emphasizing the fact that like we're not saving these like we are saving animals for the animal's sake um but we're also saving them for our sake yeah and like we're saving them for each other's sake Absolutely. Um, and we're doing this because we're humans that care not only about the natural world but also care about each other and those two things are like completely intertwined yeah Um, that's been a cool a a cool lesson to really like drive into the heart um, over the last decade or so (laughs) yeah definitely that's the thing is it's all about balance and I feel like you know that's one of the the things that I've tried to encourage people is like to do is practice being an environmentalist like imperfectly and do what Mm -hmm. you can, because like there is, we do have to recognize the human element of things, you know, and that like, we kind of have to meet the world where it's at. And like, we can't expect to just go from like burning all this gas to going fully electric, like overnight. And then also like, you know, if you're a single mom with three kids and you're trying to afford the $6 gas that's currently in California, like when you're in that, you know, survival mode, you can't focus on anything else. Like you just can't, that's a, that's a very real thing. Um, so yeah, no, I, it, it's important to like stay balanced. It's overwhelming. It's like, it's a very complex <laughs> topic. And like, we do need to like hustle and like get some things done. Cause we don't have time to like continue to like kind of twiddle our thumbs and be like, Hmm, what am I going to do about this? But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you're, if your basic needs aren't met and like, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't do anything for anyone or the planet. Yeah. And the thing that's interesting about that complexity is that like it's it's often talked about as if the complexity is a bad thing and in many ways it's certainly an obstacle Mm. um but for the model of activism that i've 
found over the past several years it's been like the most helpful thing yeah um and the reason is because like yeah like it it it's up to us as like people working in this space with the privilege and the time to be able to um like spearhead issues and like work together in mm-hmm. bringing these issues to the public's attention um, like it is our responsibility to take the time to figure out the best way to do that. Um, but in terms of engaging other people and helping them participate with whatever time they do have, um, yeah. whether it's a couple seconds while they're scrolling on TikTok or you know more than that, um, the complexity means that they relate to it. Um, that there, it, it means that there are many, many ways for each person to relate to it, like like you might relate to an issue because you care about the people that it's affecting and like i might relate to an issue because i care about you know the economic impact mm-hmm. of what will happen if this falls through and someone else might relate to it because they care about the animals that live there and someone else might relate to it because they're really passionate about the climate angle like whatever they're so intersectional and they're mm-hmm. so complicated and that actually means that every single person can find a piece of themselves within it. So instead of saying like, this is why we should care, like this is the most important reason or something. It's like, there are a million reasons to care. And as long yeah. as you care, go like run with it. Like tell us, shout it from the rooftops because you'll yes. find the other people that do too. Yes, absolutely. I think that that is really important. And there's like, you know, like, I kind of like that you just basically made up a job for yourself too. Like you just made up the role that you're in one day. You're just like, we're just doing this. Like, I feel like anybody can do that. And like, it just goes to show that like, like, it doesn't matter what you have to offer. Like you can just be creative and come up with something and like, you just never know where it's going to go. Yeah. And it definitely like, I think, I think there was some help in me being able to do this because, um, I was like, born into a pretty nice place and got like a solid education and everything you know but mm-hmm. when it <laughs> I'd also like sharing the part of the story where like it was I mean the reason I started going on the road was like half strategic half necessity um mm-hmm. because COVID I, I put myself through college and so like the um I didn't have any money uh I had just left Chicago to come out to Colorado to try to like start um getting involved in like nonprofit realm or something and then covid killed my job um so i got let go the like two the job i'd worked for like two weeks at like a part-time backpack store um while like looking for looking for like lo- like you know uh full-time jobs there no one was hiring it was just like very square one um and then i got a speeding ticket um on my way to go camping with my friend dave who also just got let go from his job and so we were like the world is ending let's go camping um and on the way there for going like five over I got a like multiple hundred dollar ticket in this like random county um and so I was like darn it (laughs) so that was all the money that I'd made at like the you know part-time job of the training up to that point um and so it was like completely completely square one um but uh it wound up being like a really really scrappy um like joyride basically of like figuring out how to use like incredibly limited resources um to build like a career um and it took a lot of help right like my patreon community has been really really helpful um they've been my like financial backbone since it launched um and like so many great mentors and friends and family have like been emotionally supportive um and that's been incredible so it's these things always take a village um but i think if you appreciate and like lean into um whatever resources you have even if it's like just you know determination um and lean into the people around you like you've built an amazing community here with this podcast and like um there's there's just so much potential (laughs) to those that are determined um and I, i think that's a really exciting truth yeah no i think that that's like that is very valid. Like if there's a will, there's a way, like, I totally believe that. And I totally know what you're saying of like, you know, I've definitely at different points been like super broke and you're like, all right, what are we going to do with literally nothing? How are we going to live? 
Like I've definitely like lived in my car before too. It just like, it just happens. Um, but it's great. Yeah. And you're just like, cool. Like, let's just keep going and figure it out. Like, but like, I don't know. That's the thing too, is like those nothing, even like even the shittiest experiences, like can turn into something beautiful and it's, everything's always like a learning lesson. And I'm sure there's things that you learn from being on the road. And also like, you're a very humble person. I think that's very important when you're in a leadership role, because, you know, when I was talking to you uh, at first about all this in Seattle and you were like telling me about how, like, you know, if, if there's any movement, if it can be drawn back to one person, it wasn't good enough. And I feel like you're definitely willing, you know, and even just the way that you talk, we're able to say like, you know, I have emotional support from people, which is huge. And like, you know, all these other things, I feel like being able to be humble and, you know, you did all this work yourself. Absolutely. But like, be able to, you know, be grateful for your not so awesome, your stressful experiences and, you know, be able to have a positive outlook definitely helps. It's, it's very important for people to be grounded when in a leadership role basically. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. (laughs) No, it's important. Um, so I, you know, I think I've, I've talked with you about my love hate relationship with social media because, (laughs) and I, I think my listeners understand, because I, I think it gets brought up fairly often, but like, you know, this is, this is where the love part of the social media comes in is that you've been able to, you and a lot of other people have been able to find ways that, um, can help you or can help the planet. Like it's, it's impactful. And a lot of social media is just garbage, just frankly. And I, you know, I really think that people, at least in the space that I work in that work with animals, that they need to be doing more for the animals. I think if the planet was like, okay, if you just wanted to post your animal pictures for fun and obviously not every single post has to be like, help this animal, but like, how can we, how, what advice do you have for people who maybe are content creators and want to take their, their content past just personal attention, just a pretty photo and making it meaningful and impactful? Yeah. Um, there's definitely, I think, I think it's like, for me, it's, it's helped a friend of mine gave me this critique a while back. Um, and this has helped me a lot. It helped me as a communicator, but it also helped me mental health wise. Like it improved yeah. my mental health severely, which is great. Um, but she was like, um, you say the word should a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And she she does great work in like the corporate space in terms of like encouraging um, encouraging people to like, at at her company to make like more sustainable decisions and she is completely overhauling it and it's amazing to see and they're all really passionate about it yeah Um, and she was like you could use the word could um (laughs) which you know because at the end of the day like i don't know you can I, i feel like presenting people with the option um and and like framing like go understanding that you're going into it with the understand or with the with the take that like you could help if you want to you don't have to this is what's going to happen if you don't um but at the end of the day like the universe is going to there, there's going to be a heat death and nothing's going to matter and, right like, it'll just cascade as it is so like you get to choose how meaningful the That's situation true. is you could do nothing yeah and, as far as the universe is concerned that's fine but this will be the outcome of that decision um, and here's how you can help if you want to. And mm-hmm. then people like have that that agency to be like, oh, like I'm choosing to do this. Like I, I want to do this because mm-hmm. I can't. Um, whereas painting something as like, you should do this puts a lot of pressure on someone. Um, so going into it with that, that mentality is incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, oh, and and one other detail, it puts a lot of pressure on someone and that that pressure usually ends up turning them off if they're not already really passionate and it results in inaction, which is hard. Um, So that's an important piece of advice. And the other piece of advice I would say is like, um, once you have that understanding, figure out what they actually can do. Like actually look at like this, this podcast is a fantastic resource, but like what, whether it's the Southern residents or any issue, like um, 
try to figure out using Google and like other search engines and like just the research options available to us, like YouTube, like whatever, just try to figure out, like call people, contact people, like reach out to different, different groups, like what plight the thing you're trying to help is actually experiencing and mm -hmm. then what action might actually help them. So like one thing that I've found, which is fascinating to me is that petitions aren't really that helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I was like growing up, I was like, oh, petition, like, we'll do a petition. And the petition will be the thing that like demonstrates a lot of people care. But then come to find out that petitions don't really have a whole lot of legal standing, at least in American courts. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, great. Like you guys all care about this. We're not legally required to pay attention to it. So mm -hmm. it's great that you all signed this, but um, we're going to talk about this elsewhere, um, which is where, you know, the public comment comes in, which is a much like a tangibly more effective version of a petition mm -hmm. because it's actually on the legal record. So like if whatever the issue you're concerned with, like don't assume that you know how to fix it. For sure learn how to fix it from people that know more than you um and then encourage people that you're advocating to to do that like mm -hmm. whatever it is yeah. for that issue but sure. i find that approaching issues with humility first like you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. and understanding like i like taking that rookie mentality and being like i need to learn a lot more about this um mm -hmm. before like pushing people to to do something an impact yeah. yeah it's one thing to talk about like awareness but I think like and I know that there's like some pushback against the mentality that you have to know everything to do something about it I don't, I don't think that that's true but I yeah. do think that if we want to use our platforms specifically as content creators and communicators to yeah. encourage other people to do something yeah then it's on us to take that initiative to figure out what the most effective thing they can do actually is and then push them to do that so that like we as funnels of manpower are not wasting time that could be better spent elsewhere. Absolutely. No, I yeah. think that all of that makes sense. And like, you know, I really like that you brought up all of those things because I've definitely brought up on the podcast, like, and talked about psychology and how like, you know, shaming people is not effective. Um, and maybe I'm guilty of like shaming um, these people that I get so frustrated with for not you know, I've done it too. The animals. Yeah. I just, yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's definitely important to, to, cause that's the thing is like, you know, the way that you phrase things and approach things, like people are going to respond, like we're emotional creatures. We are, humans are more likely to respond to emotion than logic almost always. And so like, if you, you know, um, approach people with a, you may be kinder and you're right. Like, it's funny. You're like, don't say you should. Cause that like, my therapist says that to me all the time of like, you're shooting. <laughs> Don't should yourself. Um, and so I'm like, wow, this is very valid. Um, but yeah, like it definitely makes sense. Like we have to approach things in a way where we're empowering and motivating people to want to do something rather than shaming them into do it, doing it. And I definitely am for sure guilty of the shaming people on social media because I just feel like they're, they're, I just, I have this sense of urgency and anxiety about the planet. I'm like, why don't you, and why are you making it worse? You know, um, when but there was a time, here. I think at least, at least here in America and especially growing up in the Midwest, there, there was a time when I didn't. Mm -hmm. And like, um, the, I, I feel like, like for most people, there's a time when they didn't, um, in this country when they like, didn't know that. And then someone explained it to them or like someone like, presented it to them and they were like oh I do care now yeah but like you know there's nothing wrong with being on the the other end of that learning curve um yeah and I, I've definitely I relate in the like feeling you know a lot of <laughs> anger and emotion and being like oh gosh like you just just do it like it's Literally. so important um but every time I get into that headspace it's like this isn't as effective and also now I'm mad <laughs> like that's, that's not fair. productive Yes. So I, I relate for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a good thing. Reminder to stay grounded when doing these things. Um, because we're not going to get anywhere otherwise. I think that's really important. Um, mm -hmm. 
So how do you decide on the topics that you're going to focus on? Cause I know I was like, we were talking and I was like, what about the dams? Like, what if you did something about the dams and you were like, I strategically have to wait on that. Like, how do you decide what's most important and what thing you're going to do at the time that you're doing it? Yeah. I think like it's, it's really mostly those, those three things. It's like, is it, is the story resonant and compelling? Um, is it possible like, and, and have like viral potential? Um, and then like, is there legal precedent to succeed mm-hmm. that requires like on mass public participation mm-hmm. um, and a way to actually convert that public participation quickly, like through digital or through yeah. like, you know, a website or something. For sure. um, and then uh, is the group cooperative? Like is the space cooperative? Yeah. Um, and searching for for issues that have those three things um mm-hmm. all aligned are uh is kind of like the way to be like oh this is awesome before that it's it's in that order too yeah usually like um i'll like find there's a ton of topics where i'm like this would work this would be great and then i'll like reach out and like figure out that there's no like it's going to be settled but it's going to be settled in court or like it's going to be settled yeah. and it's going to be settled in this way or like there's no there's no reason for the public to be involved with it it's like mm-hmm. that's awesome like I hope that the team's working on those crush it and I'm sure that they will mm-hmm. um and then if there is reason for like a general public thing that it's like okay like everyone that's trying to get this good thing to happen do they like each other? Like what, are they going to sabotage each other for the sake of credit? Like what's, what's the situation there? That is are, really are we down real. to work together or are we? Yeah. Um, and uh, that's, um, you know, there's, there's more and more as things get more intense and the temperature knob turns up with the climate. Um, I think there's more and more genuine cooperation happening, both, within and beyond the environmental sector which is amazing um Mm. and so just encouraging that and like i think also continuing to prove what happens when like real cooperation is encouraged um and credit is shared Mm. uh is is just going to make that third qualification easier and easier with each you know demonstration um so yeah those are the, those are the ways to pick a topic. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. Um, I really think that's funny that you brought up like, are do these people like each other? Are they going to sabotage sabotage each other for credit? Because, like, yeah. with Southern resident stuff, I feel like there's like Monica Whelan Shields talked about it in her book of like the, all the weird backhanded whale politics and like people getting screwed over and like really it definitely, like still happens and like. Oh my God. Like the amount of whale drama, like I've never experienced more drama, like in a community. Like, I feel like when I was in middle and high school, I didn't even experience as much drama as I do in the whale world. And I'm like, can we, let's let's just calm down right now. Like it's serious, but like, it's not that serious that we need to like be acting like this, you know? Yeah. That's Um, so intense. Yeah. I like one of the biggest things, like, I mean, I just really, genuinely think that all of our all of our problems in the world all boil down to ego like why why do we have the whole climate crisis because somebody needs to be a billionaire because somebody needs to dominate the planet because somebody needs to just like take out a bunch of oil and make a bunch of dollars and not you know change anything and why do you need that many dollars you don't you know like it's Mm -hmm. all boils down to ego um yeah that's that's really important um I'm like curious because you don't have a legal background. So how did like, so did you just like Google things and like figure out like the law system? Like how difficult <laughs> is that? Like, cause I'm like, that's it's, really hard. <laughs> it's been such a crash course, Erica. <laughs> like absolute crash course. Again, like I'm really thankful that people have been so open with their expertise, like because I, I'm not a lawyer at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's that's just it, right? Like it's 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 also important to remember, like we all have the capacity to grow in our expertise and our skills and our abilities, but usually there's people that are better than us at whatever it is we're doing. And yeah, um, I like I really like communicating, and I'm I'm 
uh, skills at like encouraging people to uh, take action um, and like communicating with a, a broad general audience about traditionally very niche complicated topics like that's the thing that I understand mm-hmm. um, and so the law part of it has come from people in these spaces that are very educated on that um, and are willing to share like this is why this will work this is why this won't work like these are um, and like can walk me through that so that I understand like oh interesting like that's fascinating to know I had no idea um and then I'll in in turn like do the same thing where it's like we'll discuss like okay well how how can I posit this in a way that's like actually effective because a lot of these issues have court battles going on at the same time um and so it's like okay like how can we encourage people to participate um most effectively um or like you know it's it it, there's just sharing of expertise that helps all ships rise um but the legal stuff has mostly just come from like jumping into these situations and like being like what if we did this and then then being like that won't work yeah here's why and having a exciting idea like completely shot down for sure um, for good reason and like learning through that um also like cop like that two-week period was like a year's worth of like international geopolitics that's kind of an exaggeration but like experiences like that like I've been I've been so thankful to like be now in this realm where that learning just kind of happens because of the spaces that we find ourselves in like yeah conservation is a muddy 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 place and so oh, yeah. you learn a lot about like policy and all kinds of stuff as I'm sure you know like no matter what issue you're in it just it just kind of happens yeah but yeah I don't have like a law degree or anything yeah I'm just like, this seems complex. I have a friend who just finished her law school like a week ago and like, she will just like, yeah, I'm super stoked for her. Like we've been talking about this. I've known her since high school and like, she's talked about being a lawyer since we were like 17, 18. And now she's like taking the bar and I'm like, wow, time flew. But like, she'll be like telling me about like all these law things and I'll be like, I'll listen to her, but I'm also like, what? are you saying yeah <laughs> right now I'm like that sounds yep. cool like, I'll just be like yep wow like and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that means um, it's literally like I that that's like if I'm working I'm pretty open about the fact where it's like you know and they're friends that are like our age like that it's crazy now being like well into like professionalism to be like yeah, just like friends are lawyers because <laughs> they like went to law school and now yeah. they are done and they are lawyers. Um, but so like a lot of times if I'm like talking with, if someone asks me to be private about things they share with me, then I'll, I'll respect that. But um, if I get their permission to talk to someone else about it, then I'll like usually run it by a couple of friends that have much better understanding and be like, oh, wow. So they're right. Like this is actually how this works and why this works. And yeah it has to be done this way the credit thing is really interesting um the uh with public comment periods and stuff i guess i don't know the exact specifics of it and again i'm not a lawyer so if you're listening to this and you want to learn more about this ask a lawyer (laughs) right um, the like if it can be kind of like the short version is like and this is a big part of why petitions don't work as well either. But like if something can be painted in court to be like the voice of one group instead of the voice of the general public, yeah, um, it's not the general public anymore. You right. know, like it's, it's the Sierra club. Like it's the environment. I mean, the Sierra club is great. I'm not bashing the Sierra club, yeah. like, but like, you know, it's the environmentalists that have yeah. taken credit for this whole campaign. Um and so that's that's the legal and like tangible reason why it's just so much more powerful to build movements that are just the general public's win to yeah, celebrate um, because then it's you know a true community accomplishment. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Like we got to come together. I feel like that's like I noticed like throughout the podcast the one overarching theme is like ego is just ruining everything but then there's like smaller (laughs) themes like throughout like over periods of time and I feel like right now like coming together working together and like you know 
seeing ourselves more collectively is like a big theme that I'm noticing right now too. Yeah. Um, it's important. Like we, we are social creatures. Like, you know, we need community. We got into this mess together. Not, there's no one person, no matter how much power or money you have that can like save us. So it's like, everybody's got to do something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've, we've definitely discussed a lot and I always ask people, you know, what can we learn from the whales? But like, what have you learned from your journey, which I'm sure is a lot and you've already shared a lot with us, but if you had to pick like one or two things, what have you learned that's been very valuable to you? Like in, in just in general or like in, in terms general, of like, yeah, like with your, with, you know, impact campaigns. I think um, I've learned that encouragement is the most effective thing. Um, maybe not most, but like encouragement is incredibly valuable. It goes a very, very long way in terms of trying to um, accomplish really, really meaningful, you know, like bigger, bigger than one person things. Um, I think I, I'm grateful to have been told, like, I believe in you a lot growing up. I'm really, really, really thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I noticed that I wasn't really hearing, I believe in you in media. I wasn't really hearing like, I believe in us in, you know, like documentaries or like things like that and being like, we're going to die if we don't do anything. Like, that's it. That's the story. Instead of like, we could not die. Like we could save the, save whatever it is we're trying to save we could thrive um and i believe in you and your ability to like be part of that solution in the way that you are passionate about it um i think the thing that i've learned and been demonstrated like been shown time and time again both because people have said it to me and because i've seen what other people do when i say it to them like if we just continue to encourage each other to like by saying i believe in you chase this dream the way that you want to and like if either of us makes a mistake, we'll let each other know and like improve next time and like be able to learn through, learn through this crazy roller coaster of a process that is conservation together. Um, Doing that has made, it's like emboldened everyone from like six year olds all the way up to 90 year olds to take action for these causes in ways that I could never have predicted. That is so exciting. Um, right. But it's like, it is just because um, someone, whether it was me or another person that got involved with campaigns said, I believe in you, go do your thing. For sure. Um, and that validation is like the most powerful thing that we can give to people. Absolutely. No, I think that that's really important. Like we do need to empower each other and like, you know, lean on one another for support. And like, we never know what anybody else is thinking. And I feel like a lot of times we think very positively about other people and we just keep it in our head. And like, you never know, like, like I think a lot of people struggle with like imposter syndrome or just like generally low self-esteem. I think, you know, you brought up the media, like the media just is, is, is ready to tell you that everything's dying and that like you're a piece of crap and like that you're not good enough. And so you know, I think that's, you know, something important too, is just like, if you, if you're secretly thinking something nice about someone, you should probably just say it, you know, you never know. Yeah. I think it's, it's helpful. Like, oh, it yeah. is. um, I've told you about like, you know, a project that, um, I've been working on and I'm, I'm somebody who has had a very different experience. I've been told that I can't my whole life that like never going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. And then like for the first time in my life, which I'm not going to discuss the project that I'm working on here, like any person that I've like told about it has been like, you can do this. Like I've heard that from you. I've heard it from Tori, like a bunch of people. And I can tell you that it's made a world of a difference, even though it's like, just like a couple little words that someone says out loud. Like it's definitely important to encourage people, you know, Mm -hmm. it makes a big difference, but yeah, no, I think we learned a lot from this podcast about like being decent human beings and trying to have impact, I guess, you know, (laughs) um, But I definitely, like, I really value this conversation because, like, I feel very grounded after this. I feel like you're a very grounding person of just, like, understanding, like, okay, we need to, like, you know, could people and not should people and, like, you know, realistically what kind of aspects we can have. So thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your insight. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. I've loved 
talking with you as always like it's such a yes, good time every time for so. sure yes i'm Thank gonna plan you. a trip Enjoy. up to washington soon and we can hang out again and like go eat ice cream and stand under a bell and it'll be great <laughs> yes i'm so down and i'll uh i'll let you know when i'm passing through monterey i should yeah. i actually will probably be there like pretty soon so well you got a place to stay and i'll take you see sales. <laughs> Bay is like out of control right now like it's uh, nature is just so weird sometimes like it's like I don't know I haven't felt like wonder or magic in a long time like from nature if you know what I'm talking about not to sound too like woo woo but like mm-hmm. recently the bay has just like come alive and I'm just like what the fuck is going on right now you know? <laughs> like I'm like we got basking sharks we got blue whales we got all these teeny little birds flying around everywhere it's so amazing. wild but yes keep me in the loop and thank you everybody for joining us this was an awesome podcast. All right, you guys have a good week. Bye.